so much for joining us tonight. Very special night for Robert Sandy Baptist Church. Tonight we will be ordaining Brother Cecil Burroughs to the deaconship here at Robert Sandy Baptist Church. Which, yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. We're going to give a few more minutes as well. Actually, some more people. You should be making their way in. They don't want to miss the ordination service. And so here they come in right now. And thanks be to God for what He's doing here at Robinson Avenue. Uh, with that being said, tonight is a very special night. It's a night of laying on a hand. It's a night of prayer. It's a night of testimony. And it's a night of trust. But we're going to trust a new person to minister to us, to work with us, to help us do hard times, good times, bad times. That is the purpose of tonight's service, to ordain, to lift up to the to God, asking God to take him and use him, trusting him, pray for him, trusting him, lead us, trusting him, and be a voice for us. Let's go to the Lord and pray for Our Father, who art in heaven, we come to name Jesus. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, Jesus, for being in the house tonight. Father God, we lift up to you, yes, and we reach out and touch that pocket for the rest. As we ordain one of our own, Lord, Help us, Father God, to always follow after your will. Help us always, Lord, to surrender to your will. And help us, Lord God, to do things according to your word and to your word only. I also pray, Lord God, that as we lift up to you, Lord, we would anoint him, use him, carry him for the ministry that he has come. We want to thank you for him. Thank you for the support that's here for him. And thank you, Father God, for our family back to church and the ministry that you are doing here. We give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 3. 1 Timothy, chapter 3. Starting in verse 8, the Bible tells us, Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy, filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a sore conscience. And let these also first be proved and let them use the office of the deacon in sound blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of the deacon will purchase for themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ.
this resonated with me tremendously. She said, Aiden, you will have to stand before God and your still there.
Several years later, my brother re-entered my life, and he did some fighting for me, and we had returned home. He would talk occasionally in the corner, and his mother grew older, and there was this one day we talked to him. I was waiting for my father's death, and she never forgave him. Just before Desert Storm, my mother Wondering if I had done everything possible to prepare my troops for the upcoming war. 
along with the faculty of several hundred family and friend members, and of course, back then, the HU Chapel wasn't a tradition. The typical Texas December for it was, guess what? So we were all a little more than uncomfortable in our faculty now. And I remember being thankful uh, that my last name began with M because that meant I was supposed to be in last in line. And they put me on the end of the pew next to a window, praise God. I think that's the one and only thing that ever happened right for me right there. But the more I think about it, I also remember the era that day which I was taught to me was also very charged with emotion. There was excitement all around. There was an electricity in the air. Because each and every one of us knew we were about to go out in the world to serve our God, fulfilling the special call in our lives. And after all the degrees had been awarded and all the speeches had been made, we concluded our service by standing and singing the hymn. His words always stuck with me because they expressed so beautifully how we each felt that day. The hymn was written by Charles and Xavier. It goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it. Amen. There is a call from green over the rest of There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine for the soul. Send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Well, we sang that song with a lot of passion. We got saved that day. And when we were finished, all eyes were glistening because we felt as if those words had been written just for us. After all, we had answered God's call in ministry and then gone to seminary to prepare for that call. On that special day, four long years of study, we were about to walk out those doors and fulfill that charge that had been given us by God. Now, if you're wondering why I was inspired to take this walk down the road we know is memory lane, it's because you too should be answered God's call. The call to serve Him. Because you also have a charge to fulfill now. Well, all kidding aside, this evening I want to take a few minutes to remind you of those tasks that you are charged with as a deacon. Number one, first and foremost, you, sir, are charged to love Jesus. In fact, we expect you to show your love for Jesus by striving every day to be more and more like Him in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. Great missionary. John around Judson once asked by a reporter if it was true that people were comparing him to the Apostle Paul. He replied, if that be true, I'm sorry that's being said. I don't want to be like Paul. I want to be like Jesus. We need you to have Judson's mindset because to fulfill your calling as a deacon, you'll need to be like Jesus. You'll need to strive every day for spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. So I encourage you to arrange your life around those tried but true spiritual disciplines and enable us to become more and more like Jesus. Devote yourself to the, the daily prayer and the Bible study, the private and public worship. As Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, he says, Pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, chase after faith, follow after love, do it, and gentleness. You'll need to grow in Christ's likeness. You'll need to become spiritually strong because you've been given a job that is impossible to do without the power of God. If you learned anything from the three testimonies you heard, what you've learned is that they can't be a deacon without Jesus. You 
see in the years to come, not only will you be lifted up as an example of spiritual maturity that others can follow, CB, by the way, you certainly will. You'll also, also be able to help to bring you to minister to the sick and to counsel those who need direction in life. In short, challenging and often difficult ministry awaits you in the coming years. In fact, CB, I would say that you will be charged with a supernatural task. Things that will be impossible for you to complete on your own strength. Let me put it this way. You can no more be an effective deacon on your own than Peter could walk on the water on his own. So like Peter, you must learn to keep your eyes on Jesus, to instinctively look to him for strength and insight and wisdom every single day. As your pastor, I have discovered the hard way and how important it is that I rely on God's power rather than my own. Anytime I've tried to do this job on my own ability, I've fallen flat on my face. So whenever I'm preparing a message or visiting in the hospital or counseling someone or dealing with a difficult decision, I'm constantly praying, help me, God, help me. Because I've learned that without his help, strength, and perspective, I am lost. I am innocent. You'll need to learn this simple prayer as well. You'll need to train yourself to say, God, I need your help, and I need your insight. Help me to minister to this person's needs. In the New Testament, there is a lot of information about this. And I want you to know that the emphasis all these verses is on what deacons are to be, rather than on what they are to do. This is because being always comes before doing. When you hear the being always comes before doing. Deacons are to be men of Christian maturity. They are to be right with God, right with their family, their fellow men in every way before they can do their job. So I charge you to make it your goal to be all you can be to Jesus. Show your love to Him by striving to be more and more like Him. Make it your goal to go quick. Also charged to love this church. We expect you, as our family Baptist church, to love and cherish the RABC family so much that as a deacon, you possibly strive to keep it healthy and strong. In other words, you're charged with doing all you can to keep our fellowship free. You may remember the book of Acts tells us that the incident in the early church that led to the formation of deacons in the first place was, was the absence of unity. It was caused by the grumbling and complaining of the Grecian widows who thought they were being overlooked and even shortchanged in the daily distribution of food. Well, the office of deacon is God's answer to that problem. With the help of the first seven deacons, peace was restored and the church in Jerusalem resumed and even increased in growth. Just like those first seven deacons, you are charged with preserving the unity we enjoy here in this church. I want you to understand this may very well be the most important thing you do because harmony in a church is still one of the keys that helps you grow. It is one of the foundational pillars, if you will, on which our church is built. There's an old Jewish legend about the parcel of ground upon which Solomon's temple was built. Perhaps you've heard it, having a Jewish pastor use it or not a Jewish family. Perhaps you've heard this legend before. According to the tale, Two brothers had farms adjoined on that very place where the temple was eventually built. One of the brothers was married and had a family, but the other was single 
at harvest time one year, the married brother thought how lonely his single brother must be without a family to keep him company. He thought, his life must be a lonely one. I will take some of my seeds from my harvest and add them to his harvest. I cannot give him a wife, nor can I give him children, but I can make his life more pleasant by giving him some of the good things I have. But at the same time, the other brother thought to himself, my married brother has a family to support and harvest. Perhaps his harvest may not be sufficient to care for his wife and children. I would share with him out of my abundance. When harvest time rolled around, after the brothers returned from the fields to their respective homes, each gathered up an armload of seeds, took them to the other barn, and stacked the seeds with those already there. And in the morning, his brother looked at a possible stack of seeds and wondered why they had increased during the night. Then one night, when the moon was full, the truth came out. The brothers happened to meet on the road with full arms going to the other house to deposit his load of seeds. And according to the legend, on that place, where loaves were sown for beautiful, where loaves were sown for beautiful, Solomon built his temple. Of course, this is one of the beautiful legends. But there is collection. You see, when members of a church love each other and express that love and sacrificial acts, peace and joy grow in that fellowship and all are blessed. One of the reasons our church, right here, Rock Family Baptist Church, continues to attract new members is because of the sweet, sweet spirit of fellowship that pervades our ministry. When visitors walk through these doors, they feel our harmony and are drawn to it. Members of REBC repeatedly tell me this. They sense that with the love we love each other and the visitors come and they say, I want that kind of love. They keep coming back. You know, unity and harmony is a fragile thing. It can easily be damaged or destroyed by an idle word, or by gossip, or by quarreling, or crumbling, and complaining. This is one of the devil's favorite tools, and we're about to be on your guard to help thwart these kinds of attacks. Pastor Paul Powell, who I don't talk very often, once received a letter from a pastor in Africa when he had met on a mission trip. Pastor wrote, We need prayers very badly in this area. The devil working mightily for the first people to work in his faith and left the gospel and started quarreling. And we know where there is quarreling, the devil is there. We all need to remember that quarreling and grumbling are not spiritual gifts. It doesn't take any musical ability to always be harping on something. Especially behind some of So, people, deacons like you are charged to be out among the people, preserving harmony, squashing gossip. And, and you are to support one another, and our church staff will publicly You are to do all you can to guard and protect unity, like a soldier guards the gold at Fort Knox, and like a sergeant takes orders from our troops in combat and brings them home. The truth is, when a person becomes a deacon, or a man becomes a deacon, or a pastor for that matter, they forfeit the right to promote the division in the life of a church in any fashion. When things arise that are divided, it's time for the deacon to believe that Jesus is the Lord and that the Bible is his authority in life to stand up and say, we must have harmony and peace if we are to honor and obey Jesus Christ. And in times like these, that a deacon should remind the church that, and I need you to hear this quickly now, that the Bible teaches the peace of Christ is a rule in our hearts since as members of one body we are called peace. So tonight, you are charged with loving charged with loving your church. Three. So finally, 
right? Love your wife. As the Bible tells us, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Gave himself for her. Love the church. You have undoubtedly learned Lucas was given several tasks, like serving communion, distributing benevolence, counseling people to make decisions. The most important task you will be given to serve the family of the Well, you do get to know Make yourself available to help them when necessary. Do your best to make sure no one falls through the cracks. I will remind you that the word deacon literally means the apostle looks the way serve the families that are now accepted to your church. The apostle Paul says in the book of Galatians 5 verse 13, he loves serve one another. Remember, Jesus said that when we serve others, it is if we are serving Him. In fact, I've come to learn this in 30 years of ministry. Watching someone's feet is an act best performed while we're kneeling. Amen? TV, you are charged to love our people. Christ said, love the families of our ABC. Do that. Serve them as if you were serving Jesus Himself. He has accepted graciously. He has opened his heart. He has shared his heart with you. And he shares his desire. One, to serve God more. Two, to serve you. Three, to protect you. Four, to be there for you. Five, to pray for you. Six, to be the person in between this world and what is now in the world. This in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority committed to me as pastor of Christ. Wonderful congregation, I now declare you set apart and commissioned for the work of the people. And duly called in his call to that ministry in this church. Please receive this If you are a member of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church, I want to ask you come forward if you feel led. Place your hands upon TV, but I'm going to ask my deacons to stay back in just a minute. If you're a member and you want to pray for and pray with our brother CD, if you want to pray for his wife, Debbie, if you want to pray that God will bless them. Show them your love. Show them you support them. Show them you'll be there with them. And you too will have an open ear and an open heart. And you'll be available for them.
you can come forward. I'm going to ask our youth minister to come forward. I'm going to ask our music minister. He's not here, but he's going to probably help us here tonight. Come forward, Brother Mark.
differently. <laughs> you can look at him as a deep. You go along with just that sound voice, that sound deep guy who can be a little gruff. Now, he's a deep. Timothy began questioning his calling. He reached out to the Apostle Paul and said, I don't know if I can do this. Now I'm going to say to I don't know if I can make this happen. Paul responded with a letter that he never said anything. He said, Can you see us again? He tried to do it. He came with a laying on of my hand. And then he'll be fine. And you'll think, I got myself a good deal now. There'll be times when you think, He's been serving as a deacon for almost three years. He didn't even know. He will be a deacon. God bless you in that. We love you. We love you both. And we are praying for you. Well, we're going to close in a word of prayer. And after we pray, I want to be the very first to introduce you to something. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Brother Stephen. Thank you for his wonderful life today. Bless him. Touch him with your Holy Spirit, my God. Thank you for their decision. Thank you for their willingness to serve. I thank you, Lord God, to allow your church, Lord, to lift up our redemption, Lord. So we pray, Father God, you consecrate and make you holy, Lord God, that you take them to you to be our deacon. As we prepare, Father God, for the ministry to come this Easter, we pray you would light the path for us. You would take us, Lord, by the hand, and lead us and guide us and direct us down paths into righteousness for your name's sake. So we give you the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. So the speaker, as we stand, Church, may I be the first to introduce you to Deacon Stevie Burke. <laughs> and as your first job as a deacon, I'm going to ask you to ask God's blessing on our meal. Join us in the back for a potluck dinner.